Good morning and welcome to Roadmap to Heaven right here on Covenant Network. I am Adam Wright with you for the hour as always. It's good to be with you on this somewhat rainy March morning, but it's still a beautiful, beautiful morning. We need the rain and while it might dampen our spirits, it certainly will beautify our earth. So let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The trees are starting to bloom. I'm, I'm actually a little worried the tree in front of our house. It looks like it's battling some disease. I need to have someone come out and look at it. But the, the trees are in bloom. It's a sign of new life. And soon the flowers, actually a lot of flowers are already blooming. I, I noticed some. I don't know what they're called. They look like either tulips or daffodils. But I'm the wrong person to ask about that. I'll tell you this. They were yellow and they were pretty. That's that's what I know. They were yellow and they were pretty. And they're blooming and and things are starting to come out of the ground. It's a sign of new life after the winter. It's always joyful that this happens in conjunction with the approaching Easter. You know, a good reminder for us. God reminds us through nature of the new life that awaits us if if we embrace the call to lay down our lives and follow him, right? And that means letting go of pride letting go of our desires and uniting ourselves with his. And that also means, you know, saying, well, you know what? I'm going to let go of my plan for a minute, and I'm going to work with God's plan. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. However, it does not mean that I'm going to let go of my plan and do nothing, right? It's not a free pass to do nothing. We have some work to do. One of the most beautiful things is that, our Blessed Mother invited us. And I keep using that word invite. I'm just going to say it like it is. Our Blessed Mother instructed us to pray the rosary on every day and to do the First Saturday devotions. Now, if you're not familiar with the First Saturday devotions, it's all right, because I'm going to tell you, on five consecutive First Saturdays, go to confession, go to Holy Mass, receive Holy Communion in a state of grace, Pray the rosary and meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the rosary. When did she ask us to do this? She asked us to do this through the during the apparitions in Fatima. The children have related this to us. Largest public miracle in the history of man, the, the miracle of the sun, you know, witnessed by more people than any other any other miracle. And we are called to do what the Blessed Mother asks us to do. Why? Not for her sake, not for her honor, not for her glory, but for that of her son. It's so easy to get to our Lord, to get to Jesus by going through his Blessed Mother's intercession. And it's kind of like when, when my mom said, oh, you want to go do that? Well, I would suggest that you do the following things first. It's not a checklist of, I'm going to give you these arbitrary things to do so that 
if you do that, then I'll say you can go do this other thing. It's I'm your mother and I know what you need to do. It'd be as if I said, I want to go packing or camping. I want to go camping. And the Blessed Mother said, well, you need to pack these things. Oh, Mom, why do you have to be such a downer? I just want to go camping. I'm your mother and I love you and I'm telling you, pack these things. Oh, Mom, why do you have to be such a spoil sport? I just want to go camping because I love you and I'm telling you to do this, right? That's First Saturday Devotion. If you've already made your five consecutive First Saturdays, start over. There's no limit to how many times you can do this devotion. Today on the show, we are also going to talk about uh, the work we need to do just in our daily lives and living an ordered life and the fact that at the end of the day, it's good to be tired. Were you tired when you went to bed last night? Now, were you tired because you stayed up way too late or were you tired because you had a full day? That is the question we will talk about with Father Michael Rainier on the show today. And then uh, after that, we're going to hear some words from Father Michael Bernhard about what to do when we're just tired of of this journey because sometimes you know what friends we do get a little discouraged and we get a little we feel a little defeated and that's just the way it goes and it's going to happen but what we do now on the days that we're training really impacts what we'll do on those days when we feel discouraged and defeated and so we need to hunker down sometimes. Well, how do we do that? Father Michael Bernhardt's going to have some words for us on that. As I mentioned, it is raining. I can tell because there is water on the windows. And as I got out of the car, drops were falling on my head. But what does that mean for the rest of the day and the weather for that? Let us turn now to Mike Roberts. Today is the feast day of Blessed Amadeus, Duke of Savoy. Born in the mid-15th century in what is now Eastern France, he was the son of the Duke of Savoy and inherited the position. However, because of severe epilepsy, Amadeus had to retire, leaving most of his duties to his wife, Yolanda. It was a time of political and military upheaval. The Savoy was the location of many key Alpine passes, important military trade routes, and there were many battles to control those. In addition, a revolt took place in the Savoy, and Amadeus was taken prisoner until his release was secured through the intervention of King Louis XI of France. Though struggling physically, Amadeus had a great devotion to the Lord and an intense desire to serve the poor. He also oversaw the construction of a large number of Franciscan friaries. He died at the age of just 37 on this day in 1472. Blessed Amadeus, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. It is not often that we get to go on the road with the show and enjoy the great outdoors, mainly because my allergies are usually not cooperating. But today is a beautiful day to be in the courtyard at Epiphany of Our Lord Parish in South St. Louis with the sound of children playing in the background. We're here talking with Father Michael Rainier, pastor here at Epiphany, about this idea of being tired. And Father, this is one I love. But, you know, I realize, Father... When I go to a, make a good confession, at the end of the act of contrition, one of the things that I pray in the, the formula that I use is that I will avoid the occasion of sin. And I have found that that is much easier to do on the days when I don't stay up late 
going out with friends until all hours of the morning and then having to get up early the next day to be a dad and, and a husband and do all those things, that makes me grouchy and irritable because I don't get enough sleep. And that's where I really start to get into trouble. So working a good, long, hard day doing good things and then coming home tired and going to bed because I want to sleep seems to be a very effective way for me to avoid sin. That has been my experience as well. Uh, when I was younger, I was a night owl. I would stay up all night. It made my dad crazy because my dad's a very responsible. He, you know, man, he'd get up every morning at 5.30, get ready, go off to the office, and then here I am, his, his son, on Saturday, getting out of bed at you know, 10, 30, 11 a.m., and he just thought, oh, what is my son doing? He's wasting his life. And he'd come in and try to pull the sheets off me and get me up earlier. And, uh, but I'd been up all night thinking morbid thoughts and uh, no joke, honestly, uh, falling into some depressive moods, some things that I really had to work through medically. Uh, because what would happen is I would stay up all night. My sleep schedule was all over the map. My body wasn't reacting well to it. The chemicals in my brain weren't reacting well to it. I was wasting the time because at night, what are you going to do? You know, I might write a poem or something, uh, or, or I was an aspiring artist. I might paint a little bit. But for the most part, I was kind of just watching TV or getting up to no good with my friends. And as I've aged, I've become just like my father, and he would be very proud of me now. I get up. I don't have to be here at Epiphany until about 7 a.m., but I am awake, uh, I would say, by about 5.30, sometimes even earlier. I wake up without an alarm, thrilled to be awake. And then you know what I do? I, my instinct is not to turn on the TV and waste time. My instinct is it's a beautiful morning. I'm going to have my cup of coffee. Maybe I'll say my morning prayers here on the porch. Maybe I'll read this chapter of the book I've been wanting to read. So I get up and I do something productive. And I don't know why that is the case, but it seems to be the case, generally speaking. I, I know for me that as I grow older, a fact of life, that I find myself waking up much earlier uh, for necessary reasons. And I'm confronted with that choice. Do I just stay up or do I go back to bed and wait until the alarm goes off? And, you know, it, I'm always very tempted to go back to bed until the alarm goes off. But the mornings that I can muster up that, that gumption, I guess, to say, no, I'm going to get up and I'm going to stay up and I'm going to go downstairs and, and get to work on something or maybe make myself a nice breakfast instead of a rushed, hurried breakfast or go into the office early and get ready for the show earlier than normal. Those are some of the most productive days. And for whatever reason, as difficult as it is to say, Adam, just get up and stay up. You, you're not going to regret it. That last statement is actually true. There are very few days when I've gotten up at four in the morning and said, well, I just won't go back to bed, that later on I say, I really regret that decision. However, there are a lot of days where I say, oh, I'm just going to stay up and watch one more episode of this or, or, or watch this movie, and then I stay up an hour or two past my normal bedtime, and I really come to regret that right. in the morning. <laughs> right. Yeah, my one goal at night, I'm usually up here at Epiphany in the evenings for meetings and things till 08, 8.30 or so. My one goal is to get home and go to sleep. <laughs> and I, I just love it because it's a sign to me that I, I've done good work that day, that I'm, I'm pleasantly tired, I've had a good productive day, I've had a happy day. 
Usually if that's happened, it hasn't been a very stressful day. I've spent time doing my job here. I've spent time reading. I've spent time with my kids. It's all part of an orderly lifestyle. And I think that's uh, something maybe we overlook, right? Uh, this is one of the most important things to, for instance, St. Benedict, when he was writing his rule for the monks, is it should be an orderly day. You should be ready to fall asleep at night because you've had a productive day. You've done your work well. You've prayed well. And it's not just a matter of, oh, I feel a little bit better or my sleep schedule's changed, but it's it's a matter of actually spiritual availability because think of Gethsemane and what's happening in Gethsemane that's so important that it's pointed out, they fall asleep. So precisely the time when our Lord desires them to be awake, watching and waiting, they can't do it. They've fallen asleep. But if we sleep at the right times, and we take care of ourselves, then we can be awake at the right times. Indeed. And, and I love that you bring up that idea of order. Um, this was something that it took me a while to grasp the concept because before I was like, okay, I'm on board. I, I need to go to bed earlier. And I would go to bed and not be able to fall asleep because I was not tired. I was not exhausted. And again, as I've grown older and, and fathering children and, and being married and, and working a job. There's a lot to do in the day. And now I find by five o'clock, six o'clock in the evening, I am ready to just be relaxed and not really go anywhere. My wife, she'll be home with the children all day and say, oh, good, you're home. Let's go for a walk. And, and, and I, I too often say, I just want to sit down for a minute. I'm tired. I, I need a moment here. And that's a good thing. You know, that's a good thing that the day is properly ordered. But one of the things that, you know, you mentioned we overlook this is if I am busy doing the things I am supposed to be doing, it does not give me the time to be busy with things I should avoid, such as carousing and uh, drunkenness and rabble-rousing and, and pick your favorite term here. Right. Nothing good happens after well, midnight, right? Uh, so, <laughs> so except midnight mass that, 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 that's the one exception oh that's a good that. point that's a good point but it, there's, there's certainly greater occasion for sin in, in my experience late at night when I'm alone everyone else in the house is asleep or I'm bored and I'm, I'm just up to no good or I'm not tired yet yeah. and so I'm just wasting time that's when I get into trouble with that well lest, lest any of you listeners out there are becoming tired of this conversation which I can't <laughs> imagine is the case we're going to take a really quick break here when we come back. We'll continue our conversation with Father. Uh, we'll talk about order and the importance of order and what that means and perhaps does not mean. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. We are back. We are in the courtyard of Epiphany of Our Lord Parish this morning, visiting with Father Michael Rainier, pastor of Epiphany. We're talking about being tired at the end of the day, and the key to that is living a well-ordered day. Father, recently I had the, the wonderful opportunity to come out to the parish here and talk with the young adults who gather for Communio, a theology pub for young adults. There was great fellowship, uh, some good drink offerings as well for purchase, so all you young adults listening in the area, be sure to check this out. And we were talking about discipline, detachment, and gratitude, a, a favorite topic of mine to discuss, and 
One of the things that I was struggling to enunciate in that talk, but I think is important for us, is when we talk about living an ordered lifestyle, you know, that God comes first, our vocation, primary vocation comes second, and then whatever our, our job is perhaps comes after that. So, you know, for, for me, first duties are as husband and father after everything I need to do for God. And then after that comes the radio station and, and the work that I do here. And if I'm living a very ordered day, someone say, well, how do you ever stop to enjoy the things of life? And I say, you know, it's a really funny thing, but by living this life of order and not running around, you know, procrastinating so much that, oh my goodness, now I have to drop everything and get this accomplished right now because I have waited until the 11th hour and 59th minute to finish this task, so everything else has to wait. By living a life of order, I actually have more time to, you know, stop and admire the sky or, or the flowers or have an impromptu conversation with a friend, maybe stay at the coffee shop just a little bit longer talking with someone. That's a, that's a beautiful paradox that when we live an orderly life, we actually have more time to enjoy things that are perhaps not on the schedule. Right, and I think it reorients us to the reason we exist. You know, not to get super deep right here all of a sudden, but so when God creates the world, he gives us seven days in a very orderly progression. He lays them out and on the seventh day, he says, now I'll rest. This is why I created all of this, for the rest. And so if we are spending all of our time and wasting all of our energy on, on a disordered form of work, then we never get to the point where we're able to rest. We never actually experience the reason God created us, which was to have leisure time. And by leisure, I don't mean wasting our day watching Netflix or whatever your your particular vice is, but I mean good leisure time, spending time talking to a friend face-to-face in the coffee shop, spending time with your kids, just wasting it with them, right? It doesn't matter what they want to do with you. Uh, I play hide-and-seek for at least a half hour every day, uh, and that, in my opinion, is time very well spent. It's It's good leisure. But we never get to that. We always feel guilty about it if our lives aren't ordered very well because we always have a deadline hanging over our heads or the stress of having procrastinated and uh, and you're worried about something or you're not sure you're prepared for tomorrow's work so if you're properly ordered you sleep better you rest better you have better leisure overall you're happier right right you know it, it amuses me that in the uh the post-pandemic world we're living in. I like to think we're in endemic times now and, <laughs> and whatnot. You know, there's still the hiring shortages and, and places saying, well, we're going to be closed on this day because we, we don't have enough staffing to stay open seven days a week. And I was thinking the other day, you know, if only there was a day of the week <laughs> right, where it was just right. universally accepted that pretty much everything would be closed. And I'm like, oh, wait, growing up. That was Sunday. That was that day of rest. But it do, you're right, it does take that work to get to the day of rest. And I use this example. Uh, my favorite butcher shop, and, and I love to cook, and I, and I only buy meat from the, my trusted butcher. You know, I, I, I'm getting to a point in life that I have my butcher, and I don't like to buy meat anywhere else. You, you've got to have your butcher, or there's, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, right? right. <laughs> I'm turning into an old man, Father. This is what's going on here. But anyway, they made the decision that, you know, for the first time in the history of the store, they were going to close on Mondays on a regular basis, which meant when I went on the weekend, I needed to know this is what I need to get today so that I will be able to do what I need to do on Monday, cook dinner 
for the family. And taking that Sabbath day of rest, taking Sunday as a day of rest, might mean that on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we have to say, all right, these are the things that have to be accomplished today because I am making the choice. I am not going to do them on Sunday, and I don't want to start Monday running behind already because I didn't attend to these things today. And that's going to mean on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we might have to make some hard choices and say these things I want to do are going to be set aside for the things that I must do. And that's that great virtue of detachment. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like, so it's order not only in what you're doing moment to moment, but order, ordered priorities and understanding what is it that's really important in our lives and then separating out the things that aren't so important. And maybe we want to do them, they're fine to do, but they're just not that important in the, in the grand scheme of things, and they're not going to make us happier, particularly if we have a disordered or, or attached relationship to them where we're making them too important. Indeed, indeed. Well, Father, I think this is great insight for us as we strive to live an ordered day. And friends, I want to remind you before we sign off here about some tips I use for spiritual order throughout the day. Pray right from the beginning of the day and and set that alarm clock for when you mean to get up. That's the first commitment you're making. And no one will know, maybe your wife will know or your husband will know if you break it, but if you commit to get up at 5.30, then when that alarm goes off at 5.30, honor that commitment. Choose your commitment over comfort, you know, especially on a cold morning when you really don't want to get out from underneath those covers. Honor your first commitment of the day. Pray throughout the day. Offer the day to God with the morning offering. Pray before breakfast, after breakfast, in all of your meals. Pray the Angelus at 6, noon, and 6. Pray. I like to pray the rosary mid-morning and the chaplet mid-afternoon. I like to take time both in the morning and the afternoon for just quiet prayer, listening, you know, asking God, what are you trying to say to me, and what is it that I want to say to you? And, you know, making the balance of that time listening more so than speaking. But to have these moments throughout the day, I I love the beautiful image my Latin teacher used, Father Samuel, who said, you know, St. Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. And if you've ever been on a camping trip, you know that you have to keep the fire burning, especially if it's late in the fall or early in the spring or over the winter, because if the fire isn't burning, it will go out and it will be cold. But that does not mean that every second of every minute of every hour you are putting logs on the fire. Otherwise, you'll have a fire bigger than you'll be able to maintain. It means that periodically you have to get up, you have to put a log on the fire so it won't go out. And that's what that prayer is sprinkled throughout our ordered day. It's putting that log on the fire so that it will not go out. You know, we can talk about this for hours, but unfortunately, the order of our day does not allow us the time. So, Father, could I ask you to close us in prayer? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, from the courtyard of Epiphany Parish here in South St. Louis, this is Adam Wright with Roadmap to Heaven. Thank you to Father Michael Rainier for being with us today. And we are going to take a break so that through the magic of radio, we can end up back in the studio for the rest of the show. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. We do have a catequiz for you today. Today is a question about St. Pius X. And something that he said, he said that a certain, well, I'm just going to answer the question this way. Who did St. Pius X name as the first steward in the dispensing of graces? Who did St. Pius X name as the first steward 
in the dispensing of graces. Now, I'll be honest, this is somewhat of an easy one. If you guessed, if you knew Mary, the Blessed Mother, you're correct. If you guessed Mary, the Blessed Mother, you're correct. And it's pretty natural to think. In fact, I was reading this passage from Frank Sheed, who said, With this we come to an element in the redemption which we too easily fail to notice. Christ redeemed us, but it is in God's plan that the application to individual souls of the redemption Christ won should be by fellow members of the race. That we are not meant only to be recipients of redemption, still less spectators and no more, We are called to be stewards in the dispensing of graces. The principal ways for every one of us are love, prayer, the mass above all, and suffering. None of these things would be of any effect if Christ had not died for us, but in union with his redemptive act, they are of immense power. So what's Frank Sheed getting at here? Well, it's important to remember, Christ is the Redeemer. Adam Wright is not the Redeemer. If I'm going around as a steward... I am not dispensing redemption. It is, it is Christ who does so. But it is my job, I, I think another way we could say this is evangelize. It is my job to evangelize. It is my job to go around and tell people that, you know, you could receive these graces. You could receive redemption. God wants to give you redemption. The wine steward pours the wine, but whose wine is it? Who gives out the wine? It's the master of the feast right? It's not the steward's wine to give. He only gives it because the master said, go out and share this with all of my guests. And so the Lord instructs us and commands us to go out and share the message of the gospel with all of our brothers and sisters. Now, first and foremost, among all of us is the Blessed Mother, who is with our Lord body and soul in heaven because of the mystery of the Assumption. No one else right now. Yes, there are souls with our Lord in heaven, but we haven't had the resurrection of the body yet. Only the Blessed Mother has been assumed body and soul into heaven, and she is so close to him that she implores him to dispense those graces, to give that gift of redemption, which goes back to the cross on Good Friday. She implores him better than you and I ever could. As St. Louis de Montfort would say, she takes our petition, puts it on a silver platter, and takes it to our Lord. And how could he refuse so lovely a request from his blessed mother? So she is first and foremost the one out there saying, go to my son, go to my son, which is why, by the way, Saturday is the first Saturday, why we need to heed that devotion. Again, it's about us going to her son to receive the gift of redemption one on the sacrifice, on Calvary, on the cross. But we have to choose to want it. He's not going to force redemption upon us. We can persist in mortal sin and turn away from him, or we can accept his love, his grace. We can be repentant and contrite. We stop on this Wednesday for a daily dose of encouragement, and here to reflect upon the 13th station of the cross with us is Patty Schneier. Well, we've been unpacking the stations here slowly but surely, and we are to the 13th station, which is Jesus is taken down from the cross. And at this station, I would like everyone to just imagine, I'm sure most of you have seen it, think of the image of Michelangelo's Pieta. 
If you have a picture, it's that white marble. It's in St. Peter's. I've actually seen it in Rome. And um, when we took our tour of St. Peter's, I learned a very important lesson from the Pieta. It's Michelangelo's version of what it could have looked like for Jesus to be taken down from the cross and then laid in the arms of his mother. So the Pieta sculpture, the lesson of it really, what I learned on our tour, is that what we're to look at is Mary's hand. Her hand. The message of the sculpture is that even in the absolute worst moment of her life, Mary did not clench her fist at God. She kept her hand open. One hand, one arm is embracing Jesus. The other hand is open. And that signifies that she kept her hand open to God's will. So at this station, Jesus is taken down from the cross. I think of the Pieta, and I think of the virtue of trust and how I need to grow in trust. That in the worst moment of my life, whatever that may be or will be to come, that in the worst moment of my life, will I still trust in God's plan? Will I still trust in his goodness? Will I not grow bitter? I pray that I will just keep my hand and my heart open to God. Mary gives us that example. Also, when I come to this station, I can't help but pray for all of those who are grieving. This is the station of grief. For all who are grieving the loss of a loved one right now, that they will find comfort in Our Lady of Sorrows who shares their pain and that they will find comfort in the love of others who can surround them. And in a special way, I pray for parents who know the pain of losing a child, no matter what their age, nor how long ago it may have been. And I offer a prayer for them in their ache and their sorrow. And finally, I pray especially for all who have lost a child to violence, for those whose innocent life was taken by perhaps a drunk driver or a stray bullet or gang violence or a murderer, these horrible, horrible things, for no rhyme or reason. And that is just the ultimate tragedy and and the worst nightmare, of course, for any parent. So I offer a prayer for the pain that they carry in their heart. So this is the station of grieving, and we need to be praying for those who are grieving, who are experiencing loss, but then also pray for that grace that they and that we We'll never, ever clench our fist at God that we will just keep it open to God's will, keep our hearts open and trust, trust, trust. The most important lesson, of course, is the story is not over. It's not the end of the story. We're getting to the end, and it's hard. It's hard to look at. But pray for those right now who are experiencing the 13th station in their life today. Patty, I want to thank you for this encouragement as we near the end of our journey through the Stations of the Cross. A good friend of the station, uh, Father Kelly, shared a prayer this morning in anticipation of the weather forecast that you just heard. Uh, We pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. From lightnings, hail, and tempests, deliver us, Lord Jesus Christ. Show unto us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, hear my prayer, and let my cry come to thee. 
Let us pray. We beseech thee, Almighty God, grant to us through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the angels, patriarchs, prophets, apostles, martyrs, confessors, virgins, widows, and of all thy saints, thy protection. Grant that peace may be in the air and let flow against lightning and tempest thy salvation from the sky above us, unworthy as we are, and with thy strong right arm defend thy people always against the hostile powers of the skies. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord from henceforth and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord who created heavens, the heavens and earth. Holy guardian angels, protect us. St. Michael, defend us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So don't forget, Friday is First Friday. We will have our Sacred Heart devotions here as part of Roadmap to Heaven with the Roadmap Roundup. Dan Vonderhaar and Gabe Jones will be joining me. And then on Saturday, it is First Saturday. So pray that rosary. Go to Mass. Go to Confession. Receive Holy Communion. And could I ask you, you know, it's been a while since we've mentioned it, but I don't want to forget, on Saturday we have our Rosary for Priests. So join us in praying the Rosary in Thanksgiving for not only God calling these men to the priesthood, but for their generous yes to God's call. Whether it's for a particular priest you know or many priests you know, join us in praying for all of our priests. For more information, you can go to OurCatholicRadio.org. That's O-U-R, CatholicRadio.org slash events. Sign up to commit to pray the Rosary for Priests on Saturday. We'll send you some reminder emails. No marketing emails, just reminder emails as we move forward. Until then, let's pray one last time in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank Father Michael Rainier for welcoming us out to Epiphany for today's segment. Friends, we have a lot of work to do to grow in holiness, so let's do it and be tired at the end of the day. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.